It's April 17th, 2011, and this is The Candid Frame. Welcome to the show. This is an exciting week for me as my new book, Chasing the Light, Improving Your Photography Using Available Light, begins to show up in bookstores this week. I've always dreamed of writing a book, and so I'm looking forward to walking into my local bookstore and seeing the title on the shelves with some other great photographers and writers. I hope you'll consider picking up a copy, as it's not just simply another how-to book, but a title that hopes to inspire you to not only become a better photographer, but to help change the way you see the world. If you like what you read, please let me know. And if you purchase the book online, please take the time to write a review and let others know what you think about it. Today's guests are two guys that I really find inspirational. When I first discovered Andy and Mikey a year ago, it was a result of a funny viral video they made about pixel peeping. It was hilarious and really poked fun at one of those trends that has sprouted up as a result of being able to magnify your images 200 times and even more. They have a great sense of humor, but it's their fun and untraditional approach to shooting and teaching that has resulted in them gaining a huge following within a very short period of time. Their YouTube videos and their website have demonstrated that you don't need expensive equipment and a commercial pedigree to make pro-level imagery. They'll be bringing their unique approach to an even bigger audience during the last week in July when they serve as instructors on Creative Live where they will provide a three-day photography workshop over the Internet for free. You'll have to check it out. But until then, sit back and enjoy our conversation with Andy and Mikey of Lighten Up and Shoot. Well, Mike and Andy, welcome to the Candid Frame. Hey, how are you doing? It's great to be here, my friend. It's really, really cool. One of my favorite shows, The Candid Frame. You guys came to my attention a couple of, maybe a, I think a year ago, when you guys did that video about DP Review, which I think a lot of people probably saw who were listening to this show. I thought it was so, so funny. Pixel peepers. Yeah. Pixel peepers. It, and what's funny is that I didn't even know what a pixel peeper was. Yeah. Right before that, Andy gave me the lowdown of what it was, and we just rolled it and it happened. Well, what happened was we're sitting at my apartment and I'm, you know, I'm going through DP review and we're having breakfast or something. I can't remember what it was. And I'm like, there's this one post from this guy and you know, he's, he's taken photographs of dollar bills, brick wall, you know, in the same post, it's all there. And he's got like a lens alignment chart. And I'm like, Mikey, check these people out and look what they're using their cameras for. <laughs> it's like, these are what you call pixel peepers. And he's like, why don't we do a video about all these things that are mixed together? Uh, and maybe it'll help open somebody's eyes and realize, man, get your face out of the computer and stop pixel beaming and start shooting a little bit more. Right, exactly. Yeah. That was actually the beginnings of Lighten Up and Shoot. It really was the beginning of Lighten Up and Shoot. Yeah. And then we had such an immediate response that sort of went viral over the Internet. And thought, you know, maybe we should keep doing this. Yeah, maybe. You know, because Mikey and I have... We, one of the things 
that has made us uh, as I don't want to say as super popular, but you know, as as popular with our fans is the fact that we really love to shoot. Right. And we just be ourselves. We're just being ourselves when we go out yeah, and take know. a camera with us. And we don't know what's going to happen most of the time. And we're just being ourselves. Yeah, but we really love to shoot. We really don't care about the pixels. We really don't sit there and go, ah, you know, it's just not sharp at 600. We really don't do any of that stuff. Right. And we really, we really think... We really make fun of those people to tell you the truth. So. <laughs> um, so it's one of those things that uh, I guess maybe people are getting sick of the, you know, the pixel peeping. And that's why they're coming, you know, that lighten up and shoot philosophy that we kept trying to uh, inspire upon. Right. And what, you know, what I think is really, really cool, too, is I've noticed that a lot of young people and teenagers or people in their early 20s are walking around with, like, their grandfather's film camera. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's been happening a lot too. I don't know if you've, you've seen that, but I think that that's fascinating to me. Yeah. So what, what exactly is Lighten Up and Shoot? For people who are not familiar with you guys and what you do, what, what is it? it? It's sort of like a philosophy or a way of life of, hey, man, lighten up a little bit. Who cares what lens you have or what camera you have? It doesn't matter. And get out and have fun with photography. Lighten Up and Shoot is technically the way we are. Uh, we really don't care what camera brand you have, what aperture your lens is, what latest gear you just, you know, it's kind of weird to us. Uh, and what we wanted to do with the, with the webpage is, is kind of instill that, you know, photography is fun. Photography should be easy. Uh, it shouldn't be, in our opinion, should not be taught in these complicated manners. But Amy has a great quote that I love is, I don't care what brand of underwear you're wearing, so why should I care what brand of camera you shoot with? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that's pretty much what these uh, light up and shoot philosophy. They all take Maybe that's, all, that's lighten up and shoot. <laughs> yeah, that's lighten up and shoot. Underwear references. Okay. Underwear references. <laughs> Bring the sexy in as much as possible. Well, how long have you guys been shooting? I don't think it's been a, a long time. And, uh, it, you know, people would probably... I think that's an interesting part of your story to the point of the fact that you're producing beautiful photographs, you're teaching workshops, but you haven't been shooting for 20 or 30 years. What's what's the story there for each of you? Andy's been shooting a lot longer than I have, but I was in the mortgage business for years, and when everything kind of went tumbling down, I think in around 07, I thought, man, what the hell am I going to do in, with my life? And so I've always sort of been artistic and loved music and loved photography so i actually dusted off this d70 that i had in the closet for a couple of years and i just went on a shooting rampage <laughs> that's my story and then i met andy when i was um down in columbia and andy you tell your side of the story but i've been I, i've been shooting prolifically really since about that time period i really have i mean i i take the camera with me everywhere i go and i just enjoy shooting all the time yeah if, if you Mikey, as far as length or time with a camera in his hand, he has tripled or quadrupled most people that have been shooting uh, 20 years. I mean, the camera never leaves his hand. So, yeah, it might have only been two years he's had it in his hand, but, I mean, he's always shooting every day, all the time. And I've learned a lot about light from you. Yeah, I've been, I've been in this, light. even though I'm, I'm a youngin'. You know, I've been, I was a computer programmer for, you know, as far as my career goes for, for a while until I met my wife, whose um, dad is a professional photographer. And uh, I guess you could say he showed me the light. 
I fell in love with photography. I, I mean, the computer program, I used to have a passion for, for, for programming until, and I just realized that, you know, photography is my true passion. I, it's not even 1%, you know, my, my, my computer programming passion is not even 1% what I feel for photography. You know, the light, the, just capturing that image. You know, I have like this, the rush and I get like the goosebumps. No joke. Yeah. You know? And so what happened was, you know, hanging out with, with my father-in-law and all that stuff and learning about photography, I started getting into the retouching side of it. And the retouching side of it, because it was a little bit closer to the, the computer programming, from there, I started getting into the photographer's photos that I was retouching. And I wanted to learn more about the light and why, the truth is, why some of their photos were turning out as crappy as they were turning out. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, I got further into it, further into it, and then I finally decided, you know what, uh, I'm going to do this full time. You know, I, I told my parents, thank you for spending all that money on my uh, computer science degree, but I quit. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm going to follow my, my passion, which is this photography stuff. And thankfully, it's been going pretty well. What do you think allowed both of you guys to make that leap? Because I think a lot of people have that feeling of going that, you know, those goose pimples about that, you know, about what they do, yet they're never able to make make the leap. You know, what do you think was it about you or your relationship with each other or your families that really allowed you to, to go, let me, let me go try it? Well, for me, um, I was, I was just shooting all the time and I, I sort of took a long vacation. So here, here I am that my, my life in the financial world sort of crumbled around me. I didn't know what I was going to do, but I knew that I was going to take a little bit of time and figure this thing out. And I had this camera stuck to my body and I started going around and taking pictures I wound up coming down to Colombia as maybe a place to possibly live. And also I want to learn Spanish. So I'll spend a couple of months there learning Spanish and taking photos because it's, it's a paradise as far as for a photographer. And me being sort of an outsider and there's not a lot of gringos in Colombia, um, I sort of wandered my way into an agency. And next thing you know, I'm shooting a cover of a magazine. I mean, here I am shooting a cover of a magazine in South America. And I think that that was because I was a foreigner. And then I had met Andy and Andy was such a great advisor on lighting and how to work. He's worked with many, many photographers over the years. So he was a great advisor for me. So I sort of stumbled into it and then I got a real charge out of that. And then Andy and I started making these videos and going on a little explorations of visiting different Pueblos and just having fun. So it's all, it, for me, it's, it's just been fun, 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 fun. And I just sort of stumbled across it to be quite honest with you. Yeah. For me, my parents were like, you're crazy. I mean, what do you mean you're quitting computer programming and you're going to become some photographer? And, and my parents are crazy when they said, what do you mean you're living in Columbia? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the way I look at it, life will hand you a couple chances only in life. If, if I, Succeed, great. If I fail, hey, buddy, at least I try to do it. You know, I don't have any kids though, so that's the other, that's the other thing. Uh, I could, we could be a little bit more selfish with our time, but I also kind of decided that I really want to do what I love. I've made money in the past, and you know, maybe I'm not, you know, rock star guy right now driving down the road, you know, in a fancy BMW, but I am having a ball. 
So I'm doing what I what I love to do, and that's what's most important. So it was basically right two risks. We I mean we both gambled on on this photography thing, and thankfully it stuck. You know, but it, I'll tell you what, it was the best decision I've ever made in my entire life. Yeah, and you see how much fun you guys are having when you watch the videos, because I I think I've watched all of them. Uh, really? I, yeah, yeah. I just kind of sit there and I just you know subscribe to the your channel and just go through every one of them. I'm, I'm I'm obsessed to the point of distraction when it comes to photography. So it's like you you should see my YouTube subscriptions are practically all photography, and I'm constantly searching for content there because I just I I'm just wired that way. But I really enjoyed um, what you guys have been doing, and it's like you know those guys are having great experiences, and not just going out there and making great photographs, but they're having experiences, which I think is one of the big reasons people want to become photographers because they want to have life experiences they just don't it's not just it's not just making good pictures that's that draws people to that they look at their lives and they feel like it's fairly mundane and repetitive and they look at the life of a photographer and going man i want to have that kind of those vibrant life-affirming experiences and yeah. you know like we were talking before this interview um, a lot of people think that they have to become a professional photographer to do that. And it's like, no, you don't have to become a professional photographer. Yeah, you just exactly. have to find those opportunities to practice what you love, engage with people, and it will give you that, you know, that, that love of life that, yeah. that you're hunting and you're searching for. I, I think that you're right. You know, I realize the power of, the power of photography. I was driving down the road, I-4, from Tampa over to Orlando, and I saw this row of these old Airstream trailers sticking up out of the ground. It's called Airstream Ranch, like Cadillac Ranch, I think somewhere out in Arizona or Texas, somewhere where the, the guy sto- shoved those 1959 Cadillacs sticking up out of the ground. Well, he did, this guy did it with trailers. And I thought, that's just really, really cool. So I, I, I somehow found this guy named Frank Bates. He owns Bates trailer shop or whatever up the road in I-4, and I called him. I said, man, that's really cool. Do you mind? Can I take photos of this? And he goes, are you a photographer? And I thought for a second, well, um, yeah, I'm a photographer. (laughs) (laughs) And the guy said, well, how would you like to take aerial shots of my Airstreams from my helicopter? And next thing I know, I'm on this going on this adventure, flying around, hanging out the side of a helicopter, taking shots of this guy's um, trailers. So it really, it, it's also about the adventure because you really never know where these doors and where these paths can take you with the camera. And I think that's one of the things that I really love hanging about Andy is like, well, where do you want to go this weekend? Let's go somewhere. And next thing you know, we're on the side of the mountain taking pictures of medicine men in Colombia. So I, Yeah, we don't, we don't really set out with a plan to take photographs. We set out on a plan to just have a good time. And then, obviously, the camera is always with us. And we meet some really interesting people yeah, because of the camera. Crazy people. Yeah, and you know, we've been in, we've been invited into dinners and parties and wedding. I mean, it's just crazy stuff, and it's just talking to people. And you know, we really like to try to, especially when we're doing street photography, we really like to try to capture people in their emotion and in their, you know, in their true sense of being. I guess. And you do that by just simply talking to them a little bit first and, you know, just getting to know them. And, I don't know. It's just, it's just a great thing. Yeah, I, I think that you guys are both good examples of how the camera becomes an extension of your personalities. 
Mm-hmm. You know, and I think that allows you to sort of ingratiate yourselves with with people, you know, yeah. which I think is a great asset. But, you know, you, you teach workshops and you have people who don't have that, you know, that gift of gab and, you know, a little more, you know, timid. And how do you sort of encourage those people to be able to get out there and, and go up to strangers and make their photographs and, and have those kind of create those kind of experiences for themselves? Uh, we use uh, cattle prongs. No, <laughs> <laughs> so they have to. You know, we make we well. We, we have force a, them to. We do. We have a whole section in the workshop, and it's a it's a big part of the workshop. It's a gigantic part of our workshop, which is we call it the approach, and that's literally where we go through a whole process of how to approach people that you've never met before. And next thing you know, you're taking their photo in sort of a, a little mini portrait session. So that's a big part of our workshop. Yeah, it's a huge part because we strongly believe, unless you're taking photos of landscape or, you know, just static items. But if you want to get into model photography or fashion photography or any anything else, we strongly believe that your energy or your, you know, your reaction, I guess you could call it, or your interaction with the model is going to either make or break your photograph. But how do you practice that? If you're, especially if you're a shy person, the only way to do it is to actually go out and and do it. Right. But we have some do's and don'ts that oh, yeah. we go There's over and that's kind of what, what happens. And we, we do a lot of that before we hit the streets. But, but, we're, it, but, but we're, it goes beyond that, too, is that there's a whole marketing side to that as well. Yeah. It, there's a huge thing behind it. So we, you know, if somebody's extremely shy, like we had this one person in, in Puerto Rico who's probably listening. You know, I don't want to name mention his name, Fernando. But, he, <laughs> <laughs> but Fernando was shivering was and shaking. shaking. He was shaking. And it was just inside of our classroom. He was shaking because... You know, and I and I could see he was nervous because you could see that the you know their skin turns a little bit white and they're like a little <laughs> bit pale, you know, and you could just see the cold sweat coming out. And I'm like, you know what, this guy is perfect to bring up on stage the entire time of the workshop. He didn't like being in front of people. It was just nervous. Um, and, and like, but later that day or the next day, he was out and asking really cute girls on the street, "Can I take your photograph?" And da 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 da. Yeah, he, they he taking he really their pictures opened and up. opened up. And I, I think what it is is it's just people who are are shy. They just they think five steps ahead of themselves. For example, if somebody that's shy and does not want to approach somebody is because they already assume that that person has said no, has made fun of them, is rejecting them, mm-hmm. uh, thinks they're stupid, and thinks they're dumb. You know, they're five steps ahead of the conversation at all times. They're all they're 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 not really shy. They're paranoid. Once you show them that it's just their paranoia. And that people right, really right. are nice, it opens up a, a brand new door for them. You know, and this approach thing, you know, Mikey, we we created this approach. It's not only for us to build portfolio. There's a marketing thing behind it. It's, it's actually our marketing technique is in approaching people. Uh, you know, and we talk about that during the workshop. Yeah, we, we get to talk to people and we get to do all these great stuff. But the approach to us is more important as professional photographers because we get our name out there. We show people what we can do live. And we always believe, you know, we are about two degrees of separation away from work. 
you know, there's we're going to know somebody who knows somebody that needs photos. Two degrees or six degrees? Well, it's six degrees from Britney Spears, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> but we're two degrees from somebody. No, but it's true. Away from work. It's true. Like within yeah. a city block, we can we can find a potential subject, and then maybe we can go to like a boutique store. Yeah. It's somebody that maybe has some really, really nice clothes, and then maybe we find a location, like a really nice hotel or a restaurant or whatever, and you put all those together. Now, next thing you know, what we have a job. You've got three other people or three other sources of, of people potentially that might need photos in the, in, in the future. Also, with the power of social media and Facebook and Twitter and this sort of thing. Yeah. So, you know, we created as, as far as a way for us to help us market. And, you know, we have a little Model Mayhem rant. I'm not completely against the idea of Model Model Mayhem is really good on paper. You know what, you know what I mean, Byron? Mm-hmm. It's really good on yeah. paper. But in reality, it's probably one of the worst things that could happen to photographers. And especially after a couple of things that I've heard that I totally understand the concept of it. Okay, I'm just starting out. I'm trying to build up my portfolio, right? I'm doing this TFP thing, right? And... I need photos. You need photos. Great. Let's trade. Right? It works great. And Byron X, do you know what TFP stands no, for? No, I was going to ask you. What's that? TFP is like time for photos. Have you heard of that? Oh, okay. No, I haven't. trade heard. photos or, I don't know, it's huge. We call it the free photographer. That's what we call it. <laughs> but the, um, you know, and what happens is all these people get together. Yeah, models just starting out. She needs photos. The photographer is just starting out. You need photos for your portfolio. It sounds great, and it's peaceful, and it's beautiful, and it's awesome. But what's happening is kids, you know, somebody that's just breaking into the photography industry, companies are going on Model Mayhem, and they're saying, hey, listen, we don't have any money to pay you for photos, but for your portfolio, it would be awesome if you did this commercial shoot for us. For free. For free. You're kidding. And then, no, no, it's happening. No, it's... Yeah, it's, it's horrible. A, we think it's a little bit of a problem. Yeah, it's going to be a big problem. You know, the kid or the person that's just starting out is going, oh, it'd be great for my portfolio. I mean, think of all the exposure. You know, initially, and, and you know, this has happened to me. I thought, and this has happened to me. Companies approach me, hey, we'd love for you to do these photos. And so you're going to be in a magazine. You're going to be printed. Oh, Andy, this is such a great opportunity for me. And Andy's rolling his eyes. Don't do it. Don't do anything for free because the moment that you do it for free – you Commercial just, stuff. I'm talking. About. You're you're worth nothing. Your your value is nothing. The way you're treated is bad. You're you're worth nothing. And of course, they're going to promise you the world. Well, next time we'll be able to pay you. Yeah. And so I think that that's a problem. And I and I have been subject to that. And I and people have taken it. And I always laugh at him when he's like, "Oh and, man, I have uh, this problem." Like, I told you, it, I don't I don't do it anymore. And I've learned. Yeah. yeah. So. Yeah. I mean, it's. It's born of a lot of insecurity on, on, on the photographer's part that they don't value what they know or what they're able to do at that point, you know, and, and they're willing to give it to, away for free or for little to nothing. And I think everybody who ends up trying to do this is going to make the choice to do that. I think that's the only way that you learn not to, because once you have that job where you're doing it for less than is fair and they work your ass off. And yeah. make you miserable, yeah. you go, I'm never doing that again. Absolutely. You know? So yeah. You know, hopefully you learn some of you some of you photographers out there are but stubborn people that <laughs> want to keep taking the beating, but 
but but approaching people on the street for something that's people that are of interest to you, somebody that's really really different, or maybe there's like somebody in the community, uh, maybe a musician or an artist that maybe you you admire, and approaching them and maybe arranging a session to do photos with people that way for for us, I think is different from this. Yeah. You know, having companies take advantage of you and say, "Well, exactly. you got to do this," or people we, ask you for do. We work took for control free. of our word of mouth advertising, of our portfolio, of our shooting. You know, we get to choose who we put in there, who we don't put in there. We're practicing the interaction with people. With you know, our the approach is extremely important for us for a whole bunch of other reasons. Just meeting pretty girls. Yeah. <laughs> well, pretty girls is not a bad thing. That's not a bad. Well, there's, there's definitely no shortage of that with you guys. Yeah, thanks well, that, to me. <laughs> <laughs> One of the things yeah. I think is very interesting is that most most photographers and most is 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 working in isolation. And I think one of the very interesting things about you guys is sort of the relationship that you guys have, not just in terms of your friendships, but how you guys support each other in terms of your work. Talk about how working together has really helped each of your, your your photography and what importance do you think it is to have someone like that in your in your photographic life? Andy has a lot of experience because of his retouching and these family members that have been photographers for very many years. I mean he, he's just like a walking encyclopedia of photography as general as a general that's the best you could do. That's yeah, the best but I don't really have anything to say. No, I'm kidding. No, but you've been really, really great to work with because Andy is not hogging the camera. He's not, well, let me get in there and get that shot. Let me get that shot. Instead, he's sort of encouraging and maybe kind of watching me go through a process and then encouraging me, well, what if we did this? Hey, or maybe I'm getting frustrated because I can't quite figure out the lighting, what exactly what I'm trying to do. And so working with Andy's been great is because you get to see his perspective and you can also kind of see what I what challenges I'm working on while I'm shooting and he sees it and he can kind of help put that together for me. So we've we've come up with some really cool images by working together. Yeah, absolutely. You know, Mikey is definitely he's got the eyeball for it. He's the photographer. He's the he's the one that's he's pushing my I guess you could say my encyclopedia. He's adding <laughs> chapters every every time or every day that we go out and shoot. He wants to do this and he wants to do that. And you know that that pushing of back and forth. Uh, is it possible? Is it not possible? Can we do this? Can we not do that? And, and That's it's extremely it's just, important. Yeah, know? and I think it's it's fun shooting with with Andy, and we have a really good time. You know, we had lunch beforehand or lunch afterwards or drinks or drinks. So that's fun. You know, if I were out just going out just doing this by myself. And I don't think that I had would have experienced all the little things that we've done over lighting up and shoot over the last year. Yeah. For sure. It yeah. wouldn't have happened. I think it's extremely important for you to have, it's not, you need to have somebody who you can rely on in your photography. You know, a lot of times with your wife or your girlfriend or your, you know, your boyfriend, I guess too. It's not the same thing to go out with them and somebody that's ex- equally as passionate about what you want to do. I think it's cool to shoot with somebody else because you kind of push each other. Exactly. Well, what if we did this? Or, you know what? We need to come up with a new technique. Or So yeah. I think there's some experimental stuff that kind of happens by working you know, with a friend as well. Yeah. And not to mention just like being able to assist each other as well. I think that 
I mean, don't get don't get us wrong. In the video, yeah, I mean, we we really do fight once a lot. You know, I mean, we have huge <laughs> arguments. You know, we're like a married couple. Like my wife will sit back and be like, "You guys should just marry each other. It's ridiculous." But that's you know those those arguments are what actually brings us closer. And we're like, "This has to be this way, or that has to be this way." But the encouragement is always there. You know, we're always trying to uh, pull each other up to the next level, and and uh, I think it's pretty important. You know, are you guys competitive? No, I don't think so at all. Especially, no, I think that we're competitive, but not with each other. Yeah, no, not at all. Oh, is that what you're asking? Yeah, yeah. I with think that other? we're competitor. I, I mean, I'm, I'm competitive in nature, but I don't. I wouldn't say that they're, we're competing against each other at all. Yeah, we listen. We are completely opposite of each other. <laughs> we are, you know, 100 percent opposite, and that's that's what makes it such a good friendship. Is the fact that. We don't agree on anything. <laughs> and it's a good thing because it's two different perspectives. Every situation is going to have two stories or two sides of it. And uh, it makes it interesting. It opens my eyes up and uh, to a whole new world. Were you sort of asking us whether we encourage photographers that are maybe starting out to shoot with other people? Well, no, I'm just, I was just curious about your dynamic because I think that it, it's fairly rare that you have two photographers that work in collaboration with each other. You know, uh, usually there's if there is a team, there's one who handles the business end more, and one's more of the photographer. And uh, so I was just kind of curious in terms of the dynamic between you two, because I think a lot of people find working with a group um, beneficial, but I think sometimes it can be, it can't be, you know, because either because one person's ego. Uh, sort of kind of dictates things for everyone else, and mm. I think that sometimes. You know, if you can find someone that's sort of simpatico in that way, that's that's great. But and I was just curious as to just the dynamic between you two. One of the one of the weird things is I'll, I'll tell you what is that I advise a lot of photographers in in with lighting and with their retouching. You know, it's six or seven of them, and they all hate each other. Like they don't they don't communicate. You know, one of my one of my clients will not communicate with the other one other client. You know, they know each other. They just, they hate each other. And, I'm, you know, one day I was like, listen, you know, you guys are all photographers. I mean, you guys have everything in common. Why would you guys hate each other? Just because you guys are competing for the same job? I mean, that's 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 stupid. You, you need to have people that push you and elevate you in your lives. So if you don't want, you know, competition is a great thing. It's, it's, it's what keeps you on your toes. It's what keeps you going. And I think Mikey and I, the reason we get along so well is because we don't, I mean, we don't really compete. We're really sort of collaborating. Yeah, we're collaborating. We'll, it's we'll really sit around and kick around ideas of what, what, what kind of video we do. And we start just throwing out ideas. And next thing you know, we're off and we're, we're doing it, making it happen. Yeah, exactly. But so, we haven't hung out now in months. It's been a couple months. Um, we did a, a, a long workshop tour. I went back to South America because I had some photo work to do down there. And I, I was working on, on that. But man, it's been three, four months. Yeah. Once we've hung out. So now we're kind of getting back into the groove and we started making some videos and we've got some really big plans for this year um, that we're really excited about. So we're back in, in the mode of creating more and more content, not only for the website, obviously, but, you know, for ourselves as well. Tell me, tell me about the, the workshops because there are a lot of photographers out there that are teaching workshops. And I think we get a sense by watching your videos in terms of what the sort of the spirit and the dynamic of it is. But what practically speaking can people expect if they sign up for one of your workshops? What are they, 
not just what are they going to be learning, but what are they going to be experiencing when they're when they're out there with you? Well, we were talking about this. So we're going to go to Hong Kong in uh, about a month and a half to actually go teach a couple of workshops. Our workshops are really not a workshop. It's it's kind of like a, a philosophy. It's 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 not really a classroom. It's it's like a get together. Yeah, everybody can teach you how to use your aperture on your camera. Yes, everybody can teach you how to use your shutter speed. It's basically everything is the same stuff. But our workshops are a little bit different because we create like a little, like a group energy. Like everybody goes there. There's a lot of hands-on. There's a lot of shooting. and There's not a lot of boring lecture. Let's sit in a classroom and talk about how great we are and let's look at our slideshows. As a matter of fact, Andy and I rarely even shoot during our workshop. Yeah, we, we are all about them, you know, of creating this buzz and getting them out there and shooting and, you know, and showing, showing them that our energy that you see on the videos is the real energy that we, that we do it daily. And it, I think that passes on to our, uh, to our attendees. And, uh, and, it and shows we, we definitely talk a lot about light and we had sort of a, a simplistic approach and, that we came up during a workshop on how to teach this in a really quick manner. Yeah. And then, then it's like, get out hands on, get that camera in your hand. We approach people on the street all the time. I mean, we've had people get jobs in the middle of our workshop. Right. And we're encouraging this the whole time. And remember there's two of us. So we're a team as well. And we typically have what around 12, 15 people in a workshop, but no more. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So you get a lot of hands on with both of us and we're both really, really different style of photographers. Andy and I are, so I think that's really, really neat is that you get two of us and we both think differently. Yeah. And, but so, you're shooting a lot. Yeah. So, the, you know, to answer your original question, I think our, what, our, what sets our workshops a little bit apart is the the energy and the dynamicness of – is dynamicness even a word? <laughs> I don't think so. No, dynamicness. No, it is. Nowadays, <laughs> which is something else that we're really good at is redefining yeah. photographic terminology. Yeah, we try to make it. We simplify it to the to the way that we would love to have been taught. And then what we do is we actually just force people uh, and we shove it down their throats. <laughs> <laughs> they have to shoot with, with and us. they pay for the privilege. And they pay for the privilege. Um, and, yeah. and we we start shooting in the morning, and we usually are done like. Midnight, 1 a.m., something like that. Yeah, it's, it's pretty bad. I mean, we, you know, once you get the ball rolling, a lot of people that go to our workshops are really going because the approaching the street photography, you know, they really want to break out of that mold. I mean, being a shy person, you know, some people really hate being a shy person. I think some of our workshops, you know, they don't really come there to learn lighting. They come there to learn how to relax and how to have a good time and how to stop pixel peeping. And then once you get that ball rolling, it's just an energy that is just, that it just does not stop. There, there is kind of an, an interesting thing that happens with one of our workshops. We were in Dublin. I think one of the one of the guys there said, "There's no way you're going to get these Irish girls to pose for you in the middle of the street." And what happened? We got 15 guys out there, and you got all these lights everywhere, and these cameras, and we're in the middle of the heart of the city in Dublin. There's a magic that happens, and next thing you know, I mean, we had. Everybody, we had that whole street. I mean, the police just practically made us leave. Yeah. We had the whole street surrounded us, and everyone's experiencing this energy that's created during the workshop. So that's something that's that oh that happens. That's pretty cool. Yeah. What's interesting about the street photography you're doing is that you're using you're using lighting, you're using these speed lights in order to create the light. Talk a little about the kit that you guys have come up with, and what how important has that been to 
not just the the look of your photographs, but how you end up working and creating that that dynamic that you just spoke about. The backpacker studio. Yeah, that was pretty. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he's working on his sound effects. Well, um, obviously, we're being in Colombia, and we needed to be able to carry gear with us, a bunch of different types of light modifiers. And take it so we can just jump on a bus and go anywhere we wanted to. Yeah, we really like jumping on buses and just living like the culture and a camp from here, you know. Like hobos. Yeah, we, we, <laughs> it, you know, that's another thing. But, you know, the, re, the way it came out was we really like to travel light. We obviously you need light speed lights and you need, or you need some kind of flash to take, be able to take all the photography and just, can. just minimalizing the gear that yeah. you really need and you can be able to carry it in your back rather than this giant bag full of like 50 lenses and giant packs, studio packs and lights. I mean, that's just not our yeah, style. And, you know, what usually happens and you know, environment, you should know this. You usually pack your car full of stuff, especially when we're going to pro shoots, you pack your car full of stuff. I mean, you don't forget anything. You get to the shoot and you do, you use three things. It happened to us the other day. We went out, we had to do a shoot for a, a client and we brought everything, and what do we use? Natural light. <laughs> <laughs> so we created this backpacker studio, you know, in essence, to load up, to lighten our gear, uh, to make sure we have everything that we need to be able to take all the types of photos that we want to take. Uh, we want it to be light, portable, durable, and uh, we came up. It's called the backpacker studio. It's 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 really made our it's taken our photography to a new level because we now have a comfortable, small, portable studio that we can take anywhere. I mean, there's no – we can we cannot come up with an excuse to not bring our gear. You know what I mean? Right. It's impossible for us to say, oh, but, dude, I got to take this. You know, it, it just it, – it alleviates us from that laziness. Um, and the backpacker studio is basically softbox, stand, umbrella, umbrella, grid, snoot, snoot. a ring flash. Ring flash. Gels. We barely use the ring flash, though. He keeps trying to put that ring flash in there, but we barely I know. use Well, it. I have these visions of what I'm going to do with it. I just yeah. have it. So that's why I'm, I'm, we're going to use it. Yeah. It's going to happen. And then, um, <laughs> and that's about it. I mean, we really, and the speed Reflector, and we do shoot a lot of natural light. A lot, and a lot of our, our videos are kind of tailored around light because that's extremely popular right now. To me, there's nothing better than just natural light. I mean, it's just beautiful natural light. Yeah. So, it, so it's pretty much everything that we need to be able to take photographs and not be able to say, oh, man, I just don't feel like carrying that, you know? Yeah. So, you know, uh, you mentioned that a lot, there's a lot of interest in Flash, which is inspired a lot by, you know, the popular site, The Strobister sure. and sure. David Hobby. Yeah. But uh, I think uh, I think you've heard you say that you're not the, exactly the same school, even though you're using similar tools. So how do you guys feel like you di- differentiate yourselves from that sort of particular approach i think you've mentioned mikey that you know some strobists kind of scoff at you guys because you're not as techie is that really kind of what differentiates you or is there something else yeah i think that's pretty much it (laughs) no yeah i mean the truth is we love and respect photography like you do not understand i mean we've been in it we're obsessed with photography but you know sometimes on the internet we try to simplify things a little bit too much and we we just have we try to have a great great time I think that some people get a little carried away with the gear and they need this and they need that. And they think that that makes you take a better photograph. And so I, for me, I, I really, from day one, I've just enjoyed the process of going out, 
and taking photographs, meeting people and the adventures and where it takes me. And so I don't, I haven't, I don't get caught up so much in the gear. And the other thing is I don't, in post-production, I don't spend a whole lot of time in Photoshop because um, I want to spend more time out in the field. Yeah. So, and, and I'm all about shooting it in camera. Try to get what you're envisioning in your mind in camera as much as possible so that I can spend less time on the computer. But I, I think you know what really does differentiate us is the fact that we are less techie and more funny. <laughs> that's funny write that down <laughs> no no but it is true like for example the inverse square law when you try to teach somebody the inverse square law I mean us as, a, us as photographers it makes absolutely zero sense for us to go oh and like gets multiplied and divided and you know blah blah I just I have no reason yeah we're not going to break out a tape measure or you know on a on a set yeah, and trying like, to figure out the exact. Yeah, so we came up with it. It's called Dofi. Dofi. We replaced the inverse square law with Dofi. Depth Dofi. of flash exposure. Yeah, depth of flash exposure. To us, it makes sense. It's like depth of field. You know, the further away you are, the wider your depth of field is going to grow. And it just made sense. So we posted this video, and, you know, and I'm on my Wacom tablet just drawing out this softball. In Photoshop, I'm drawing it out of Byronix, Okay make the softbox and we're drawing it out, blah, blah, blah. And we're, we, we put these numbers up there and we're just showing people, you know, I just, drew a little it's roughly like, well, it's roughly this. It's roughly this. It's roughly that. And we got people, listen, we probably got 500 emails. The numbers are not exact. It's right? not exact. And yes, I do take uh, a, a tape, tape measure, measure when I photo, when I go to a photo Jesus, shoot. I'm like, are you kidding me? Come on, man. We just want people to get the, the concept around it. It's, it's pretty basic. If you want to take pictures of a whole bunch of people and you only have one flash, you have to move your flash back. Right. You know, that's the concept behind it. And I think a lot of people want to learn that way, but a lot of people maybe who learn it differently are a little bit more obsessed with their gear, their pixel viewing. They don't like us too much. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's, it's true. And, and so we've learned a valuable lesson is that if we're, if we're going to teach something, it, it does need to be accurate. So we try to keep it we, – well, we are keeping it accurate, but at the same time, lighten up a little bit. It, it's just photography. Have some fun, man. Well, you guys put together a wonderful wonderful PDF that you graciously sent me a copy of in which you cover, you know, Dofi and a bunch of other things. Tell the listeners uh, uh, about that. Yeah. Just the Genius Square? Is that what no, you're talking the about? The V-Book. The V-Book. Oh, the V-Book. Yeah, the, the V-Book. Oh, sorry. <laughs> um, the V-Book – well, here's what happened with the V-Book. We had this really great idea to write a quick little book, you know, just to put everything together for people, just like our workflow, a, ba- a really basic one, you know, how we start off, what we're thinking when we're taking the photos, how to adjust your settings, and then a little bit of post-processing. It's basically what, what we do 99% of the time. And then we were like, listen, everybody likes our videos, or not everybody, most people like our videos. How are we going to have a book with videos? And so... The V-Book, you know, it's full of videos. Video it's, book. V-book. Yeah, it's, a, it's a, like a video book because we're crappy writers too, man. So so we uh, we locked ourselves up in a, in a room up in the mountains if, yeah. uh, outside of Medellin, Colombia. And about over a week, we cranked out a ton of videos that sort of encompass the whole thing, the whole process from what we're thinking from start to finish, from gear, what gear we use in the Backpacker Studio, to lighting. Mm-hmm. In those five variables of exposure and go through that in detail. Yeah. Camera settings, I mean, 
working with models. I mean, every, everything that we could kind of think of that we do when we out, go out and we do a shoot with somebody and we try to put it all together into the V-Book. You know, I think it came out pretty good. I mean, I'm, well, I'm extremely happy with the uh, volume one. Yeah, you guys did a great job with it. I went through the whole thing and I thought you did, yeah, it was great, great information and it flowed really easily. So congratulations on that. Right. And we didn't shoot anything high tech. I mean, it was just a little point and shoot camera yeah. with no fancy audio. But it came out, but it came out pretty good. You guys listen to the show, so you know what my last question is, and that is, uh, what photographer would you recommend that our listeners discover and uh, explore? So, who would that one photographer be for you, and why? So, why don't we start with Andy? Listen, I really, I have a friend of mine named Garrett Nudd. He's a really well-known wedding photographer, but you know, us in the fashion industry, I admire his style like you would not believe because. I have a huge respect for those event photographers, for wedding photographers and all those people because they have an amazing ability to capture moments. And Garrett, he not only captures the moment, but he actually makes people look – I mean, his weddings look like editorials. And it, it really influences me and it really helps me, especially the creative aspects of it and be able to look life a little, look at life a little bit different, especially you know, for, our, for our model shoots. Just his angles that he uses. Garrett Nutt is definitely a huge influence in, you know, our photographic endeavor. Who do you think, Mike? Me? Oh, man. There's a huge list. The Candid Frame, for me, has been a great resource. If somebody, for me, I, I've only been in, now into photography over the last several years. So the Candid Frame is a great resource as far as discovering new people that I otherwise wouldn't have heard of. Um, but one person kind of comes to mind recently in a very, very interesting story. Have you heard of Vivian Meyer or Mayer? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And just blew my mind. This lady was a phenomenal street photography. I think she was like a nanny or housekeeper uh, in Chicago. That's right. And she shot prolifically with, I don't know whether it was a Rolleiflex or, you know, some type of medium format film camera shot in the 50s, 60s. 70s and I think up into the 80s and 90s. Anyway, she never really shared her photos with anybody as far as my knowledge. And when she passed away, I guess they sold the contents that were in a storage unit that she had. And they found these boxes and boxes and boxes of of uh, negatives. And this guy started scanning them. And they, what, what was revealed were these amazing street photography images in the way she saw things. I mean, she's just fantastic. And what and I have a question for you, which is that she never shared this with anybody. Maybe she was a very private person and now the whole world is discovering her. What do you think of that? What do you think she would feel about that? You know, I, I, I don't know what you feel with it, but you know, I think that those photographs are just astounding. And the, and the crazy thing is, He's not even gone through all of the images. I know. It's just gone through a small portion of her catalog. Yeah, maybe only only 1%, but just from what I've seen so far on the blog, uh, just looks exceptional. There's debate about whether or not she's actually a master photographer, blah, blah, blah. You know, and I, I leave those arguments for somebody else. It's just, just the pictures that I've seen are just Stunning. They are stunning. And what's really, really neat, I guess there's a, a sample of some of her work right now. There's a, an exhibit at the Chicago Cultural Center. So I'm trying to figure out how I, between now and, and springtime, how I can get to Chicago to go see the images. <laughs> we'll wait until it stops snowing. 
<laughs> well, thank you guys so much. It's been it's been fun. Hey, it's been uh, it, it has been fun. It has super duper fun. You're a fun guy. <laughs> 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 and working and guys, where can people go to find out more about you? Lightenupandshoot.com. Yeah, lightenupandshoot.com. Uh, you know, guys, just stop pixel peeping and start taking more images. That's what we're all about. Right, and we got some really cool stuff that we're doing. So uh, if you're interested, kind of follow what we're doing. We've got some really, really neat stuff going on for this year. I'm excited. Yeah, we can't announce some of it. I'd love to be able to announce it on the camera frame, but... Uh, Maybe we should. Just do it. Lighten up and shoot style. <laughs> and what? What does that mean? We're breaking no the disclosure. That's what lighting up shoot style is to you. Uh, <laughs> All right, guys. All right, man. All right. Hey, thanks a lot. Thanks for taking the time to listen. If you have any comments, please email me at thecandidframe at gmail.com or post a message on the blog at thecandidframe.com. You can also join our community of photographers on Flickr, Twitter, and Facebook. Links to each can be found on the blog. And last but not least, I want to thank Martin Taylor, who's going to be serving as the editor for the show. Uh, he volunteered his services to help me help produce the program, and I can't thank him enough. And he's a great photographer. You can find out more of his own work by visiting the other martintaylor.com website or just going to Flickr, where you can find him as the other Martin. Till next time, this is Ibarian X Perello, and this is The Candid Frame. Check out this show and more great photography podcasts at photocastnetwork.com. Photocastnetwork.com.